Welcome back, friends. We were talking with Crystal Evans Hurst about her dad when she gave us this clarifying statement about him. Not that he's perfect. He wouldn't say that. But, you know, just the reality of he's a bullet. He's the color, coloring in the lines. I mean, I can't tell you how many things we've asked him about that he just does not remember. Right. And I, I just think that that is a symptom of somebody who is highly strategically focused yeah. on one end goal. Yeah. And it's not a matter of not appreciating it or right. being grateful for it or even being present in the moment. Right. It's just, if it's not related to this specific thing, yeah. this was just a product of life. Welcome to Start to Finish, the life and ministry of Dr. Tony Evans. Episode 7, The Bullet. So it was the early 90s, and um, I, was a, I was a committed believer. I was just out of the Navy. I was, uh, I was actually on a coaching staff in North Georgia. This is Brian Daniel. He's the executive director of publishing, media, and worship at Lifeway Christian Resources. And while I had been a believer since uh, my junior, senior year in high school, I found myself married with uh, two, two daughters and realizing that uh, I really didn't have a good handle on what it meant to be discipled. And so there was a couple of guys on the coaching staff that got me involved in a local church. We were in Cartersville, Georgia, and um, uh, we went to church together, of course, and I got invited to a Promise Keepers. I didn't know that much about it, honestly. And so just like so many, really thousands, I guess it's thousands of men, maybe hundreds of thousands of men over the course of three or four years from churches all over the nation, loaded up buses, and we made the drive from Cartersville, Georgia to Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, again, I I just didn't know what to expect, but I did know that everyone seemed really excited about this guy named Dr. Tony Evans, and that's all they talked about. And Tony was holding down that last slot um, on that Friday, Saturday event. And I remember, and I've told several people this, the uh, MC at the time just kept talking about Tony Evans bringing the steam. I remember he kept saying, Tony Evans is going to bring the steam. And it's like, well, I guess we've got to stick around for that and see what the steam is. And so that last slot on Saturday, he came out. It was a really good event. And I thought, you know, how's... How's he going to end this if this guy is supposed to be the headliner? I can't imagine him being better than some of the other guys that have uh, that I've heard that were really life changing, and he did. He was out for um, an hour or so. Uh, he's he's got this amazing energy and this amazing way of communicating, and that was my first experience with Dr. Tony Evans. Was at Promise Keepers, Knoxville, Tennessee, with a group from Tabernacle Baptist Church from Carsville, Georgia. Came back. And just like I was exhorted to do, I washed my wife's feet, and it still remains to this day one of those seminal experiences that that I've had, and Dr. Evans was just a big part of that. In fact, the biggest part of that. The deeper we get into Dr. Evans' story, the more stories we find like this. Ministry leaders whose lives are dramatically altered by an encounter with Dr. Evans. Brian's story brings to mind the question of Dr. Evans' legacy. And friends, let me tell you, We've got some doozies of answers from the people closest to him. 
But there's one major area of Dr. Evans' ministry that has been left unexplored. A couple episodes ago, we talked about radio and how it was and still is the gateway for many into the preaching of Tony Evans. The other major entry point, publishing. Dr. Evans has written a lot of books. But she told me, I mean, I didn't know until she told me the other day, it's 150. 150 books. Yeah. Wow. We later clarified that this number includes Bible studies and devotional titles as well, but it's still a staggering number. I think we can look at his life, say he has taken the gifts and the talents through this incredible focus that he has. Uh, he, he's the, one of the most prolific authors I know. This is Greg Thornton. He's the executive vice president of media and publishing for Moody Bible Institute. But you don't publish as many books. I, I, I counted, I think Moody's done over 75 titles over 35 years and working with Dr. Evans. And we're just one of a handful of publishers that he works with. I've been at uh, the Moody Bible Institute for uh, my entire career, over 40 years, and heard about Dr. Evans fairly er early on during my time at Moody as a number of our presidents, first George Sweeting and then uh, Joe Stoll, talked about this young man uh, in Dallas, Texas, who was preaching the word, Dallas Seminary trained. And uh, so Moody started working with Dr. Evans, invited him to conferences. And at that time, I was with Moody Publishers. And uh, our first publishing project uh, with him was about 35 years ago. Now, don't worry. We're doing the math for you. These first projects were in the late 80s, shortly after the NRB platform spot and the Dobson endorsement. He, at that time, uh, was teaching in the area of marriage and family relationships. Okay. Um, and uh, Moody uh, worked with him on some video projects through our Moody Institute of Science program. And then on the publishing side, we started working in, and uh, did a few booklets with him. And uh, the, the booklets did fairly well. Uh, uh, they didn't light the world on fire, um, but uh, enough so that uh, in 1990, we talked to him about doing a full length book. Could you maybe describe for us what the, you know, what the market looked like as Dr. Evans was entering it? And then maybe even some of how you believe his ministry impacted that market and, and that ministry. Right. Uh, this would uh, be the world of the Christian Booksellers Association, and uh, you could walk through those uh, convention floors and see uh, very few African-American authors. Um, uh, Dr. Evans was one of the first, and um, I, I remember serving on an exhibitors committee for CBA and Dr. Melvin Banks was on that same committee. And one of our jobs before the floor opened was go around and check the booths and make sure everybody was up to code uh, with it. And I remember talking to Dr. Banks, who had founded Urban Ministries, of just saying there, there are so few voices and faces for African-Americans. And that's what led him to start that powerful ministry. And that uh, that registered with me. And by then, we were already in partnership with with Dr. Evans, just getting the, uh, the flywheel moving, so to speak, at that point. A flywheel serves two functions. It gets an engine up to speed and then stores and provides energy as needed. 
to keep the machine running smoothly, preventing spikes and lulls in power. These early publishing titles, along with his growing radio presence, got the ministry of Dr. Evans, the urban alternative, up to running speed and have continued to store and supply energy to his ministry as needed. But as we've already seen, if the urban alternative is the engine, then Promise Keepers was the nitrous tank strapped to it. And when that red button got pushed, Dr. Evans took off like a rocket. Dr. Evans uh, was one of the most popular speakers with Promise Keepers. We saw that through Moody Radio. We were broadcasting Promise Keepers, so we knew who was on the air. That, that too, helped forge the friendship between then President Dr. Joseph Stoll at Moody, who was also a Promise Keeper speaker, along with uh, Dr. Evans at those venues. Uh, yeah, I was at Soldier Field on a very hot July day when, <laughs> uh, when he spoke with my son. And uh, we didn't go backstage with Dr. Evans that day, but uh, we were wowed by his teaching. Around that same time, Brian Daniel who first encountered Dr. Evans at the Knoxville Promise Keepers event, received a call to ministry and began working for the Baptist Sunday School Board, who would shortly change their name to Lifeway Christian Resources. A decade after the Million Man March in D.C., Brian found himself in a meeting with Dr. Evans. And um, the women's team was working at the time with Priscilla Shire. And um, I... I didn't know that that was Dr. Evans's daughter. And that experience was really good for Lifeway. And it was uh, really good for Priscilla and her family and for the church. And I think out of that, Dr. Evans got introduced to us. And there were what felt like 50 people in the room. And it was uh, Dr. Evans and his wife. And, you know, I was still somewhat junior there. At least I wasn't driving the conversation. And I just remember thinking, I, I can't believe I'm sitting in the same room with Dr. Evans. And so out of that meeting, we got uh, to begin creating Bible studies with Dr. Tony Evans based on his content. And so here I was. Um, it was almost like the North and South Poles of this discipling experience with Dr. Evans from the beginning to this point where I'm in a in a publishing role at Lifeway Christian Resources from the beginning of my journey as a disciple, it felt some, in some ways like, like bookends at the time. And I thought it was really cool. In terms of the most significant resource that we published, there's so many. We're, we're close to 20 titles that we've done. I would have to say Kingdom Man still is the one that I would go to. It, it, is, uh, it is among the most popular in terms of the units that we've sold, but it's just... I think Kingdom Man is probably going to be a classic. It's going to be uh, in the same, it's going to be talked about in the same terms that experiencing God would be talked about, I think, over the course of time. It is the seminal moment for men's ministry, at least in the publishing world. I don't think anything like it came before it. And since it's been in print, I don't think anything has come after it. And that doesn't mean that there hasn't been a lot of good Bible studies for men, but the whole idea of being a kingdom man just feels monolithic to me. This was a period of diversification for the Evans. Around the time Tony and Lois were meeting with Brian Daniel at Lifeway in Nashville, Heather Hare, the director of ministry development for the Urban Alternative, 
was pursuing a relationship with Harvest House Publishers. Well, I think that I first uh, heard him, uh, heard of him and first heard him at the NRB in 1986. This is Bob Hawkins, Jr., president of Harvest House. We were uh, just doing our business, I think, back in 2010. And Heather Hare, meanwhile, was studying Harvest House and she was studying the industry. She uh, figured out that we were reaching a lot of people in the uh, in rack on the rack market. Um, and being able to, to uh, work with the trade paper as opposed to a hardcover. Up until that time, 2010, Dr. Evans had had all of his books, I think, in hardcover. So there was a lot of returns happening, and uh, she was encouraging Dr. Evans to publish with uh, Harvest House. After a while, he gave her permission, and she contacted us. She came back and, and then called again, got a hold of an editor of ours. And uh, although he said that uh, Dr. Evans was kind of past his prime, you know, he had done a lot of things. He'd passed the prime. He had noticed that the, his, uh, Dr. Evans' books were not selling all that well at the time. And uh, so uh, Heather kept on at it. And when I heard about it and a couple others in the office, we immediately jumped on on this and said, hey, listen, this is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I know who Dr. Evans is, and uh, he's got a tremendous ministry. Uh, anyway, long story short, we ended up uh, publishing the first book was Victory in Spiritual Warfare. And that book went on to sell, it it's, continues to sell six or 7,000 every year. It's 150,000 copies. Uh, and uh, we've published 32 uh, books in 12 years. And those are the main books, not including the um, the ancillary products that we've worked with as well. Heather Hare shared two early titles from Dr. Evans' library. The first, called Beyond Roots 2, was published in 1994 and was later incorporated into Oneness Embraced. The second, published in 1997, was called What a Way to Live, Running All of Life by the Kingdom Agenda. Moody later published it in 2006 as The Kingdom Agenda. When I wrote The Kingdom Agenda, which is the kind of big vision summary book, a lot of Numbers of sermons were coagulated and put together. God gave us and me an excellent editor, writer, and strategic thinker um, to help put my thoughts together. And and Heather, uh, she oversaw the marketing too, but she was also the writer. And the history of that is interesting. Uh, she was a missionary in Africa, and she and her family came to our church before they went to Africa. Elizabeth would send her tapes because Elizabeth was working at the Urban Alternative then. Right. And so she would send her tapes. Heather became very acquainted with my voice through the tapes. When she came back, she started working at the church. And I'd ask her about, and I knew I wanted to get more into the writing thing. So I asked her about writing, uh, and she hesitantly consented. <laughs> so she was able to compile what I had talked about, ask me questions about it, write and feed it 
one of the early books that we worked on uh, was one that's embraced. Mm. Now, that was different because that was not driven by sermons, per se. Right. And that one probably almost took us both under (laughs) (laughs) because it had to be so nuanced, so particular. And what I discovered, maybe I knew it, but what I discovered from about Heather at that point was her ability to research because writing was fine, ask me questions to fill in the gaps, me reviewing it, adding to it. That was one level. But then she was a researcher. She liked to research. Mm-hmm. So in that book, she, I mean, she had to go deep to, uh, to kind of bring additional thoughts to the, to the table and to the writing. Now, what I did have was my doctoral dissertation. My doctoral dissertation was an analysis of selected issues in black theology. Black liberation we have theology. Black yeah. liberation theology yeah. of James Cone. Right. Okay, of, of Union Seminary in New York. So that, that piece was a foundational piece for the development, but that wasn't a sermon-driven piece. Right. And we had to update a lot of stuff, and it's, it's been updated a couple of times now, to just deal with contemporary issues. So in answer to your question, a lot of the books come out of the process would be I preach a series. If we decide we want to turn that into a, a book, I hand that series over to Heather. Heather then works through, edits, ghosts, uh, researches anything that needs to be added, asks me questions that need to be asked, hand it back to me. Did uh, some pastors, authors, especially as you began to to write books, come alongside you, coach you? Uh, well, I mean, I would ask John MacArthur okay. uh, about his writing things, which is mostly driven out of his sermons. Right. I talked to Chuck Swindoll a little bit about his, and I talked to David Jeremiah about his, because those were the two, the three big dogs when it came to the evangelical writing yep. who were pastors. Right. Okay. All right. This might be a hard question to answer, but favorite books that you've put out there? That I put out there? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, One is Embraced. Okay. Uh, Kingdom Man, Kingdom Agenda, the three top ones. Does that sound right? Yeah. Those would be the three top ones. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Trevin Wax. And I'd like to tell you about a podcast called Reconstructing Faith. It's a podcast that features interviews with church leaders like Jen Wilkin, Tim Keller, Ajith Fernando, David Platt, and historians like Alistair McGrath and Thomas Kidd. In the first season, we looked at the credibility crisis facing the church today in a number of areas. In season two, we're looking at specific challenges to rebuilding the church's witness today, leaning on insights from church history, and the church around the world as we work toward a healthier body of Christ. Subscribe now to Reconstructing Faith wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll have access to season one in its entirety, and you'll receive notifications once season two begins. I am the engrafted one. Yeah, how'd you call it in Kingdom Rising? They're the biologicals. Yes, sir. They're the biologicals. I get the crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm happy, and I'm happy to get the crumbs. I can care less. I have no shame 
I'm, right. I'm, I'm sitting up under the table grabbing every crumb I can get. Once again, this is recording artist and performer Kirk Franklin. I know we said one more major area, but we couldn't not talk about the mentor and spiritual father that Dr. Evans is to so many. I was 16 years old driving my Chevy Chevelle, and <laughs> Dr. Evans would come on a radio station at AM gospel radio station every day at 12 it's either 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock every day and i remember being 16 years old and even then even though i wasn't part of a culture that was conservative christianity like tony evans i was raised very much in 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 the african-american experience that was more marginalized and the church experience was very limited to more of our cultural expressions so i wasn't uh exposed to expository teaching or any of the nuances that are specific and unique to Dr. Evans, but it was something about his style of teaching and the, the, the just just the methodology, even though I didn't know what none of those words means, what, what, what those words he could admit back then. It was something about it at 16 that was very intriguing to me. Pastor, I am trying to make certain that I'm accurate in my answers, so forgive me. And this is television personality and host of the NFL Today on CBS, James Brown, or JB, as he insisted we call him. It's not an effort to add any yeast to the story, <laughs> but I would think that my first exposure to Dr. Tony Evans has been by way of his programs. Uh, first on radio, when um, as many people as you've heard, and probably as a pastor, you use this expression, where um, being in mobile university, auto university listening on the radio and hearing this pastor come on with a program called the urban alternative and being so passionate about what he's saying but ensuring that everything that he articulated had a biblical root and foundation to it wasn't lost on me and and pastor rob as a new christian i was trying to make sure that i was being very discerning in terms of who I would be listening to, trying it, testing it, looking at it through the eyes of what the Bible says. Is it right. true? And there wasn't, there wouldn't be a lot of um, histrionics associated yeah. with it as opposed to what's the substance. And I think maybe the best way that I can explain what impact Dr. Evans has had on me from not knowing him, but knowing who he was by way of the radio and then, of course, on TV, is that we know that the faith, if it were distilled into maybe two simple parts, we know it is about proclamation, proclaiming Jesus Christ right. as the Lord and Savior, but it's also about demonstration. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think of when I think about him. He not only proclaims it, and he understands it exceedingly well, but he demonstrates it. If I recall correctly, the first time I met him was when he invited me to be a part of his men's conference. I wanted to make certain that I was on point to be yeah. at his men's conference because he knows the word intimately. It's written on the tablet of his heart. <laughs> and so when I got to meet him and how much time and attention he gave to me as one of the participants, just rubber stamp, 
that right. he is the genuine article in terms of how he poured into me to prepare, but also led me down the primrose path in the Q&A session that he's the real deal. And so, you know, songwriting starts to grow, music, preaching starts to grow, music expression starts to grow. And then by the time I meet Pastor Evan, I am only by the kindness of the Lord, only by the kindness of the Lord. At 27, I am at that point the biggest selling gospel artist in history. Uh, doing the arena tours, first gospel artist to be played on MTV, first gospel artist to yada, 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 and all the other stuff that you can't take into heaven with you. I'm on, you know, private jets, you know, I'm on the Concord, I'm, I'm, I'm recording Bono, and I'm recording, you know, Mary J. Blige and R. Kelly and Pub Daddy's coming to my concerts and Snoop and Dr. Dre. I'm signed to a major label. You know, all of these things. I'm, I'm shooting TV shows. I got movie deals. I got TV deals. And, you know, and, and it's not Christian movie deals or Christian TV deals. You know, they're, they're mainstream. Right. You know, and, 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 and I'm married for about two years. I'm not doing well in my marriage. I'm not doing well with pornography. I'm not doing well as a young father. I've got money, I've got fame, but I'm not doing well. And so in the midst of this, I find myself homeless, mm. no church. Mm. For the first time in my life, I mean, in my life, I'm because I'm raised the church, baby. The first time in my life, I didn't have a church home, 28 years old. I had the biggest record in the country. At the time, Stomp was the biggest played song on black radio. Mm. All formats, all formats, all formats. And I'm homeless, I have no church. Tammy's parents are going to Oak Cliff. So we go to church, Tammy and I go to church to, to meet her parents. Now mind you, <laughs> it's not come from the, I, I came from the celebrity church culture, right? Yeah. You remember the 90, the 90s was celebrity church culture. Right. The armor bearers, the security, the VIP seating, you know what I mean? The VIP parking. And I get to Oak Cliff. <laughs> that is counterintuitive to everything I just said, right? And I pull up and there's no parking. And all the parking is in the overflow parking. <laughs> and so I so I asked the guy, I said, well, can I at least drop my wife and kids off? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But he said, but there's no parking. You've got to leave back out. I'm like, this man don't even notice me. Like, he doesn't see this face. This face was just on his TV screen last night. <laughs> I just did not know this face. You know, stolen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so, so I dropped my wife off. And I and had to park up the hill, which it is killing my pride, bro. <laughs> my pride is going bananas, bro. I cannot believe. I'm like, they want me. Right. You mean nobody in there has my cassette? And so I get inside the church and I don't see my wife. And she takes me, she said, well, she called me. She said, we are sitting up in the balcony. So I'm walking into the balcony and you can just hear the whispers. Tony Evans gets up and it's time for him to preach. Man, I cannot tell you his teaching that day. Bro, it was undeniable. It was undeniable. And I was really like the woman with the issue of blood at the church. I made my way to him. Mm. I made my way to him. And he said to me, he said to me, I heard you were here. <laughs> 
he said, take down my number. Maybe we can get together and just kind of talk about the Bible one day. And so he wanted me to meet him for lunch. And then I found out then how much of an OG he is. Guess what he made? Guess what he invited me to go to lunch? Where? Luby's. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Luby's? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah. Luby's is Luby's is a cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like Morrison, Morrison's back in the day. Like you go and you stand in line and say, yeah, let me get this, uh, the green beans. Yeah, let me get the sweet potatoes. Yeah, let, let me, you know what I mean? And you yeah. got your tray. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got tray. And then you check out, you know, at the end of it, you know, yeah, give like, money. Like old school get. Piccadilly. Old school Piccadilly. That's what he wanted. <laughs> what he's, he's passing this huge mega church, but took me to a cafeteria like in school. And yeah, Luby's. Luby's. And <laughs> Luby's. L-U-B, that's as in Bob, Y-S, as in Sam. And at some point, at some point, I don't know if it was then or this next time, I asked myself, what do you want with me? Because I come from being so used by church. And he started laughing and just kind of said, nothing. He said, I just need a young man that if his inside could ever catch up with his outside, he would be a great man of God. Wow. He said that to me. Wow. Yep, that was the beginning of me wanting to chase everything he had. And I was 28 then, and I'm 53 now. And I'm chasing probably even harder now. I spent 15 years of my life serving with, with my spiritual father, and it was an absolute joy. This is Conway Edwards, founding and senior pastor of One Community Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He was also Dr. Evans' pastoral assistant. As responsible for developing illustrations, as responsible for uh, counseling people that he could not, as responsible for overseeing the internship process, as responsible for... Uh, overseeing his whole office. I was responsible for all of that. So what happened over time is because of the era in which Tony grew up, uh, intentional mentorship was foreign to him. So the way he did it was he would he would allow you to get close, but then you had to ask the right questions to enjoy the benefit of the relationship. And a lot of people didn't understand him because of that. And so uh, the fact that he allowed you to be close meant the whole world, right? But if you didn't get it or understand it, then it, you would minimize it. So he would, I would get to see him in elders meetings. I'd get to see him in all the meetings he ran. And that was leadership gold to me because you, you, you got an inside bird's eye view as to how he led and how he dealt with difficult situations. Okay, so so I know of Oak Cliff Bible. I know of Tony Evans. And I'm just, I'm an admirer of the ministry. I mean, I admire the work. I admire the impact. This is Brian Carter, senior pastor of Concord Church in Dallas, located two miles from the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. This is early 2000s, early 2000s. Shortly thereafter, my pastor, Dr. E.K. Billy and, and myself are in a succession plan. We're in a succession plan 
whereby I'm in training with him to be the next senior pastor. My pastor um, subsequently passes away in October of 2003. Mm. When he passes away, one of the greatest gifts that he gave me was his was access to his friends. Mm. When he passed away, what it what I what I inherited was his friends. So I was able to call and get an answer and meet with whoever that was a friend to him. And so after I become pastor, I, I called over to Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship and I asked for a meeting with Dr. Evans. And so he he accepts my meeting and I, I am, you can't imagine, it's like Christmas. I, I have a meeting with Dr. Tony Evans. I am super excited. I cannot wait for the meeting. I start writing all my questions about what I'm gonna ask him all my questions and so i finally get to the meeting and uh you know uh, his, his assistant that's been there forever she's an incredible gracious host uh we come in i then begin to sit down with him and you know he's pretty direct right so we have a brief conversation we talk about that and he said okay what, what do you mean i say listen and i just start going to my to my questions Asked him about sermon preparation. I asked him about how he manages his day. I asked him how the staff is organized. I asked him how, how does he balance kind of the, the family and the ministry piece. I, I, I pepper him with questions. But you know, Dr. Evans, he, it doesn't bother him, right? He, I'm trying to keep up and he's just giving me answers and he said, that's it. It sounds real easy. Like everything that he tells me about ministry, about pastoring, about uh, preaching and teaching, it sounds simplistic, you know, from his vantage point, but that was not the only meeting that I would have. I would reach out to him uh, annually or regularly. He would make himself access accessible to me. He would answer my questions. He would, um, he would help me his conference. He invited me to present at his conference. So there were all these moments in my now 19 years of ministry, where I had access to ask questions, to get clarity, to get insight. The honor and the privilege is that you have access, man. So you can call him at any time of the day, night, anytime, and um, and he'll pick your phone up and he'll say, hey, bro, how can I help you? What's going on? What do we, we haven't met together in a while. Let's, let's get together, that kind of thing. So it is the privilege of access more than anything else. Sometimes when there's a crisis in our nation, especially, um, I usually call and say, hey, how are you going to address this? You, what's your position you're going to take? What does this look like? Uh, whenever there are uh, major, major issues uh, racially that I, that I want to deal with, I usually ask him first. The fact that he can uh, articulate a full theological position without looking at a book like chat GPT is just incredible. That's what makes it incredible. And uh, it's just fun. So the, the privilege of being able to do that is what you is what you want and desire and appreciate the most is having access to it. When Dr. Evans invited me to speak at his church to deliver the message at the two services there was incredible. This is James Brown again. And while I got there the day ahead and went to the church because I wanted to you know, do a site visit and <clears throat> see where I would be standing, um, you know, the audience and uh, et cetera, and seeing where the clock was, all of those things that you do in preparation for. This is during a time when 
his wife was going through treatment and he came there on a Saturday simply to welcome me and greet me because he mm. more than likely was not going to be there on Sunday. And he sat down as he watched me walk around and for me, because whenever I'm invited into somebody else's church, um, they are the under shepherd and they're the teacher. So I wanted to make sure I shared with Dr. Evans what the essence of my message was, the biblical interpretation and points that I wanted to make to ensure that he was comfortable with them. God has given him the responsibility over that flock and to have done that to his satisfaction, meaning ultimately clearly to the Lord's satisfaction, that was the best. And from that point forward, we became locked. And the extent of our relationship is whenever I call him, he will call back if he's not there. Um, I've Before I've gone on the, the set of the NFL Today show, if we're talking about something that wasn't strictly football, but it was an issue or a topic in the sport, I would call him. I did that before a Super Bowl, two or three Super Bowls ago. There was a topic that I knew we were going to be discussing, but when I got a more granular understanding of the kind of questions and, and responses I would be getting from the guests, I called Dr. Evans and said, hey, on this particular point, this is what we're going to be talking about. Can you give me a succinct understanding of that and how you might approach it so that I could then word it much more succinctly? And I've done that on a number of occasions. And Pastor Rob, he has always called back, made wow. himself accessible. And he's got this huge ministry. He's known the world over. He's got all these friends, and I know he's being pulled on. He's got his responsibilities to his own flock, but he always called back. Here's Brian Carter again. It's around year five. My wife and I are just going through growing pains. As a pastor of the church, she's now left her career to come support me. And so I called up, I called the church, and I asked this time, I asked for Dr. Lois Evans this time. And I asked for Dr. Lois Evans. And I say, Dr. Evans, I said, uh, I was wondering if you would be willing uh, just to spend some time with my wife. And she says to me, Brian, what did you do? I said, I said, Dr. Evans, I said, I said, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I just, my wife, I was just wondering if y'all could just spend some time together and just, you know, cultivate the rest, you know, just spend some time together. And so, uh, so I don't tell my wife anything. She calls my wife and they go out to lunch. And this relationship, my wife comes home and she's just ecstatic. Like, I can't believe it. Dr. Lois Evans called me. We're having lunch. We, we had an incredible time. I can't wait. This begins a 10 year, 15 year relationship that fuels my wife, that encourages my wife, that creates a safe place for my wife. And so in many ways, Dr. Tony Evans, Dr. Lois Evans have been mentors, have been uh, sources of wisdom, have been a safe place uh, for us as we've journeyed through ministry. But you know, Tony Evans, even though his experience was not like mine. Again, here's Kirk Franklin. But he said to me one day, 
transformative statement. He said, "It's hard to. It's because he knew I'd have a dad, knew how I was raised. You know, once once we started getting close." He said, "It's hard to know God's love as a father when you've never had one." So you know, these are the nuggets. There was another nugget, Rob, in 1999. I'm 29 years old, and I do an album that is nominated for not gospel, not Christian, but album of the year, mm. and I'm nominated for producer of the year. That's the best album with Bono when I did a show with Bono and all those right. artists. Right. And I'm nominated. I I think I'm nominated for four awards, five awards. Five Grammys. It was a big situation. Yeah. And I'll never forget the pressure that I felt. And me and my wife were having trouble and we went to go meet with Pastor Evans. Mm. It was bad. And so he's behind his desk trying to counsel us and I'm all over the place. Tim, all over the place. Tony Evans, the doctor, THD, DTS, Tony Evans. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about promise keepers, Tony Evans. Yeah. Comes from behind his desk and gets on his knees in front of me and my wife and grabs our hand and he starts to pray for us. If you could have seen, I mean, the optics of that, it was, oh. Now, I'm going to do my best not to get all emotional, but I know it's coming on because when we get to the part to talk about his impact on my family, I'm still tender mm -hmm. with respect to my brother once more, here's JB. Who is probably the best example of uh, Dr. Evans's commitment to the word for the whosoever will. So when I was in um, Dallas to speak at the men's conference, my brother, uh, Everett, who Dr. Evans interviewed because his story <clears throat> was so fascinating, having battled the drug demon for 38 years. Wow. Had gone to seven different drug treatment programs. Good programs, well-intentioned, and was going to his eighth after an intervention with the family again to go to the drug treatment program in Dallas. That drug treatment program took the men there over to Oak Cliff for Sunday services. And knowing I was going to be there, my brother, who had become aware of and falling in love with Dr. Evans, asked if he could meet him. And I did introduce my brother to him after service. Man, I can't imagine how many people pull on Dr. Evans. But he took an interest in my brother, as he does with anybody, especially right. once he heard the story. Wow. And that he was down there for his eighth drug treatment process. And my brother, prior to going to that eighth treatment program, had already, as a number of those who were battling that demon, he had already hidden some drugs in a place so that when he got out of that drug treatment program, he was going there. Hmm. Dr. Evans lovingly told him about the best treatment program that he was aware of out of New Jersey called Keswick. And the reason was the foundation, the sole foundation, all of the foundation and teachings were in the Bible. If we say that the Bible has the answers, then it needs to be 
the answer. Yeah. My brother went to that drug treatment program and it was all about God, 24 hours a day, no TV, only the word of God. And my brother came out clean and committed. <laughs> and whenever he needed to hear a word from Dr. Evans, he didn't bother him. He didn't bombard him. When my brother, whenever he had questions, Dr. Evans would answer it. But when my brother had been told out of the six or seven medical morbidities that he had, that which was the most challenging was blood cancer, mm. a, a bladder cancer. And my brother feasted on Tony Evans's CDs, DVDs, on his iPhone, he would turn, you know, and, and play Dr. Evans's teachings over and over and over again. So that when the doctors had said there was nothing more that they can do, um, Dr. Evans called to talk to him and to encourage him that he was about to experience a transition. But this is what he fought long and hard for in grabbing a hold of the Lord. When he got to hospice care, and it was just a matter of days, Dr. Evans again answered a phone call when the doctors told us that it was probably gonna be within the week. And he spent time encouraging my brother. Wow. And when my brother did transition, Dr. Evans couldn't be at the home going to service, but he recorded a video wherever he was. And he sent that video. And that video that he did with my brother giving his testimony has gone global on YouTube and is simply accessed by putting in my brother's name, Everett Brown's testimony that he did with Dr. Tony Evans. So thank you for getting it out of me now so that I can be more succinct, but that's just the impact that Dr. Evans has had on our family. So I'm sold out for Dr. Evans, praise God. I remember uh, one time I'm coming in, I just finished my doctorate degree. This is Conway Edwards again. And uh, he, I didn't know that he knew, but he did know. And I came in the office and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a little more pep in my step. I'm, I'm walking with a little more arrogance. And, and then he looked at me and said, hey, you know what? Um, 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 my, uh, my library and my bathroom's a little messed up. Can you clean it for me, please? And um, I remember thinking, now, do you know what just got conferred to me? And this is what you're going to ask me to do. And I did not know that he already knew, but he was trying to remind me. So at the end of the day, I went clean it and I was fussing. Uh, I might have even cussed a little bit while I was doing it. And um, and, I, and then I came out and, and he said, when I was finished, he said, congratulations, I'm proud of you. I said, for what? He said, because you, I know you got here. You know, I know you finished all your paperwork, finished all your coursework, finished all your defense of your stuff. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you. And I said, well, why you couldn't tell me that before I went in there? And he said, because I just want to remind you that um, I'll never forget the pause either. <laughs> I just want to remind you that um, don't ever believe that it is your degree that qualifies you. It is your servanthood that does, not degree, not the degree on the wall. And I remember just walking out thinking, how brilliant is that? That you just wanted to test somebody's heart one more time to see if it was driven by the paper on the wall 
or you having a paper and cleaning his, 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 his bathroom. So I just thought that was one of the great things, but he just developed that relationship so well. It was incredible. We'll be right back. Have you been listening to these episodes and wanted to go deeper in some of the incredible truths Dr. Evans has shared? For a limited time, listeners can get free samples of some of Tony Evans' best-selling and most influential works. Books like his classic, Kingdom Encounters, Oneness Embraced, Kingdom Politics, and more. As you know, Tony Evans' books are incredible and sure to inspire, encourage, and empower you with your walk with Jesus. To pick up your free samples, go to moodypublishers.com today slash Tony Evans and download them today. moodypublishers.com today slash Tony Evans. I don't remember a time when I didn't know who Dr. Evans was. I'm one of these guys who grew up, you know, I mean, my, my dad took me to Promise Keepers in the 90s. This is Trevin Wax. He's the Vice President of Research and Resource Development at the North American Mission Board and, in full disclosure, the executive producer of this podcast. Before that, he spent several years at Lifeway in various roles, including the Bible publisher for the Christian Standard Bible. So, yeah, I don't really recall a time when I didn't know who Tony Evans was, um, but had looked up to him for a long time, and which which made the... The, the the possibility to collaborate on something as worthwhile as the commentary and study Bible, just, you know, it was an amazing moment for me because I had, I'd looked up to him for so long. Right. And, and to right. be able to, to work with him, it wasn't even a dream come true because I hadn't even thought that I would ever have that kind of opportunity yeah. <laughs> to even dream about it. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, God just kind of dropped this project halfway finished into, in, into my lap at you know, at, at just the, the, a particular moment in time. In 2019, in partnership with Lifeway, Dr. Evans published the Tony Evans Study Bible and the Tony Evans Bible Commentary. I mean, goodness, just goodness. Well, a commentary on the whole Bible is certainly no joke. <laughs> and in terms of just raw time, I mean, uh, that was definitely the one project where I spent the most amount of time because we're covering the whole 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 of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So there were a number of factors that put that together. It was a 10-year process. It started with uh, identifying where I had preached through the Bible, passages or books where that was, that was already done that gave us a foundation to work from. Then we had to identify where the gaps were passages I hadn't preached on, books I hadn't preached on that had to be filled in. Did so, that give you did that give you some preaching material? Well, it gave <laughs> me some passage material. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it did because yeah. I would then preach through books that I had not preached through or preach on passages I hadn't preached through. Right. Or use my phone to talk through passages that I wasn't preaching through. I mean, when you've got a list of names, that's not like a sermon. (laughs) (laughs) So-and-so, we got so-and-so, we got so-and-so. This king replaced that king. Absolutely. It's not not something that you're preaching through. So on Wednesday nights and sometimes on Sunday morning, I would preach through passages or books that needed that biblical content for the commentary, but also that would be legitimate 
to preach to the and beneficial to the congregation. Right. Then I would get up often uh, in the early parts of the morning, three or four o'clock, to work through passages that were not going to be preached but did need comment uh, and exposition or application uh, to fit into uh, fulfilling the commentary. So between preaching on Sunday, preaching on Wednesday, uh, getting sometimes in the afternoon, but often in the middle of the morning, uh, uh, four, uh, three, four, five o'clock, uh, I would use the phone to talk through. But that meant that I had to prepare for what I was going to talk through at time in the morning. So, right. so it was, uh, and that had to be done around all the other activity. So it was a uh, a strenuous time, um, a beneficial time. Uh, a challenging time, but to work through all of the parts of the Bible, because, you know, I preach a lot of sermons, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons, but there was so much of the Bible that, you know, you hadn't <laughs> gone through in, to any meaningful degree. Right. Or where you had done certain passages, but not necessarily connected them to the whole book. Right. And so, uh, so we had to work through that. So it was an educational process to me. You know, you just take the Psalms. I mean, you know, you got 150 Psalms. So you, you know, you can identify Psalms you preach through and sections of Psalms you preach through, but there's a whole <laughs> lot of material there. But then you take through Proverbs. Right. Oh my goodness. There's so much seemingly random yep. thoughts where yeah, there's no one chapter yeah, stays that, on the same That's right. Theme. That's right. Yep. So you got to bounce all of. So you had to come up with something with this verse is different than that verse, uh, you know. So so it was a lot of work to do that, but but it was also a, it was an enjoyable challenge. Yeah. Uh, but it was many hours to work through a Bible commentary. We had a banquet in honor of my father, and Tony came down once again. This is Tony Hart son of one of Tony's first mentors, B. Sam Hart, telling a familiar story. Tony and Lois were there and they spoke and he stayed at my parents' house, which, you know, he normally likes to get into a hotel and stuff, but when he came to Philly, he would like to stay with, uh, with my parents. And um, it was during the time, it was around May because it was NBA, you know, uh, playoffs and the Sixers were in the playoffs. And um, and so we were all gathered around the family room watching the TV as, you know, Allen Iverson and, and it was, you know, the game was going on. And I noticed Tony, he brought a book that he was probably trying to get through. And he was there reading, reading, reading. And when there was something that happened, he would look up and he'd see the, you know, the screen, keep track of what was going on. But in all that downtime, he was reading. And that had an influence on me. I've used that now because I like to watch baseball and football. And you know that there's so much downtime. You can get so much work done uh, and not necessarily sacrifice, you know, being around the game and seeing that. So he he squeezed in his work uh, and got so much done. And that that was a big influence on me. I think it was evident to everybody who knew him how much he just crammed in time, didn't waste any time, didn't, you know, he yeah. just made sure he got the work done. Okay, so that was a multi-year project that Dr. Evans had been thinking about, had been wrestling with. Here's Trevin Wax again. So this is how I come into the picture here. So <laughs> August of 2016, I step into the role as Bible publisher, and we are six months 
seven months away from launching the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB translation. Okay. Uh, there were multiple things involved with that launch. I mean, obviously, most of the stuff that I was connected with, that was going to happen in 2017. And we had a number of important releases that were scheduled for 2017. And Dr. Evans's uh, um, full Bible commentary and study Bible were scheduled for 2018. Suddenly, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm inheriting this project, which is, you know, about midway through its com to its completion, and I'm inheriting this project that is, in my mind, a massive stewardship. I mean, the the honor, yeah, of working alongside someone like a a, a Dr. Tony Evans, and knowing we are producing the first full Bible commentary from an African American preacher. In, in 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 our history, if you think right. that normal publishing pipeline is long, I mean, Bibles is even more complicated and more complex when you've yeah. got a project of this magnitude. I mean, you're talking thousands of pages, yeah. study notes, you're talking, they, they, and you, I mean, it's the Bible, so it got to be proofread, you know, <laughs> like super well done, right? right? So, I mean, like the, so the amount of intentionality and attention that has to come around a project like this. And then also knowing because of the historic nature of it, like, just we, like, we couldn't get this wrong. Uh, so we had a guy on our team, uh, Chris Cowan, who, who really was the one keeping things moving, keeping things on pace. He was the one who was taking Tony Evans sermon transcripts, devotionals that have been written through the years, things that Tony Evans had written in other books and whatnot, he was the one taking them and 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 assigning them sort of throughout the Bible as study notes, and then the one whenever there were portions that were not covered was getting on the phone and talking with Doctor Evans through passages of Scripture, getting this gold as as it was going, and then he was the one going back and forth with Doctor Evans to make sure that obviously you know that 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 we had captured what Doctor Evans wanted to say about. Uh, particular passages of scripture that we'd that we'd we'd taken the right illustrations and analogies from his sermons and his preaching and whatnot. Sometimes we were driving the hey, we've got deadlines to hit. We need your feedback on this. We've got to get you know we got to make sure this looks good before we go. Sometimes we'd be driving on that, and then other times he'd be driving on direction when it came to I want these particular articles in there. I want to make this point in the study note. Like you, you've got to you know say this this way. Or that like the, there there were times when he was really sometimes could kind of be hands off like hey I like what you did with the material and let's move on and then there were other times when he was like no this is a, a super important piece of, of of what it is that I want to to pull out or to show from from this particular text so so and and I mean he also cared cared deeply about the design of the like what the commentary was going to look like. And yeah. what the study Bible covers were going to be. Like we, I remember us having conversations about that and then making sure that, that, you know, that one of the things, and this, this came across a lot in the conversations, uh, the kingdom agenda yeah. was, was the, you know, was the main thing that Tony Evans wanted to be all throughout this Bible. And I remember we even had, we even had some conversation and debate about the, the, the title of it. And because Dr. Evans, he's not about himself, right? Right. So he didn't want to call it the Tony Evans Study Bible. No. Like no. he wanted to call it the Kingdom Agenda Study Bible, the Kingdom Agenda Bible. And I was, and and I remember in our conversations, I was like, like Dr. Evans, if you call it the Kingdom Agenda Study Bible, 
everyone's going to call it on their own. It's the Tony Evans study Bible, first of all. <laughs> and then I was well, like, secondly, <laughs> I was, I was yeah. like, you don't, I was like the, uh, you don't want agenda and study Bible in the same title because it looks like you're pushing something into the text rather than drawing something you see out of the text. Right. So, and right. so we, we decided on the subtitle of um, uh, advancing God's kingdom agenda for the commentary and for the, the, the study Bible so that we still got that very key important aspect of his Bible teaching and legacy there, right. but that we were able to lead with his, his name. And I don't know that he was ever completely comfortable with it, <laughs> but, but I think he realized, yeah, agenda and study Bible wouldn't, wouldn't go and that people were going to call it the Tony Evans study Bible, no matter, no matter what we called it. Right. So, so that was, that was one, one, um one thing I remember about conversations about it. But but the big decision that we had to make early on was I knew by early 2017, we could rush this by 2018 and it wasn't going to be what it needed to be, hmm. that we needed to push it back a whole year. The study Bible draws from the commentary, but the commentary itself is 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 vastly larger than the study notes. So you put all that together and we knew both of those things, if they were going to come out simultaneously, we needed another whole year on it. So if this was coming out in 2019... That was, you know, as we speak now, that's almost four years ago. Yeah. Uh, we're we're just now releasing the the New American Standard Bible version of of the the Study Bible. So the NASB version just came out, and the Tony Evans Study Bible has been one of the best sellers in Study Bibles in the past ten years, no question. I mean, you look at the, it's consistently on the the charts for the Evangelical Christian Publishers of America, the ECPA. Well, to give you another story of just the impact, you know, having been around the the NFL for the last 13 years as a chaplain, um, before the Tony Evans study Bible, uh, you would see MacArthur's, you would see the ESV study Bible, you'd see FCA. I'm telling you, the last two years, it is not even close. The Tony Evans Bible is the Bible that my players are bringing to chapel. Oh yeah. And to Mario Davis, Jameis Winston, I mean, all these guys just leaning in, loving it, thanking God for it. So there's a sense in which when you do when you do a book or a project like this, you know this is a lifelong legacy project. Yeah. Like Tony Evans didn't start the study Bible and the full Bible commentary a few years before it came out. Right. He started this in his teens. Yeah. Yeah. Like his whole life has been leading up to this. No one's able to write a full Bible commentary in a study Bible because they've been in ministry for five years. Like, <laughs> this is the yeah. this is decades of faithfulness, of Bible study, yeah. of education, of teaching, of coaching, of mentoring people. It's all of that come together. So you know, if, if you've got one-off projects here and there, and I mean, obviously he gives attention to those. This is at another level because it's it's something that you are, you've, you've basically been pouring your whole life toward, right. which is one of the reasons why he talks about it the way he does and the why and why his family and his team continue to look at these as 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 some of the most important things that he's ever done. talked a little bit about his work with his commentary 
just the, wild. the hours upon hours he poured into that. Wild. But that's his passion. Yeah. Because truth kind of drives everything. So. Yeah, it does. And to be able to, as his son, to look at my name written on a commentary in a Bible mm-hmm. or the name given to me written on that commentary in that Bible and go flip open to any passage and hear what my dad would have to say about that passage. What a gift. I don't even know speechless i have no words for what happens in my heart when i look at that Hmm. and hear what my dad would say to me as i read whatever verse i want to read what in the world he didn't know in his 20s that he was working on a full bible commentary and study bible but god knew yeah and that was already in development and it was developing through his teaching, through his education, through his ministry. So I hope that, you know, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, people are still consulting those resources because of, of how solid they are. Here's Crystal Evans Hurst again. My dad, again, you know, he's a little bit of a bullet for me, like to me. He is extremely focused, extremely eagle-eyed towards the finish line and lives his life that way. We'll be right back. When prices go up, it's easy to get down. That's why the Tony Evans Training Center wants to lift your spirits. We're lowering our monthly fee. Take it from Danny, a TETC user. Danny says, I listen to every sermon and watch every video that Dr. Evans posts. He is changing the world one person at a time. Engage in over 50 courses with thoughtful content from Dr. Tony Evans. Visit TonyEvansTraining.org to subscribe today. Discover a full collection of resources inspired by the life and teachings of Dr. Tony Evans at LifeWay.com, including books, Bible studies, and commentaries. Explore God's Word in a fresh way with the Tony Evans Study Bible, with notes and commentary he personally crafted and curated to inspire and empower you to live out the values of the Kingdom of God. For a limited time, get 25% off one regular priced product on LifeWay.com with promo code EVANS25. That's L-I-F-E-W-A-Y.com. Promo code EVANS25. Expires October 31st. Next time on the final episode of Start to Finish. He's a 73-year-old elder statesman at this point, but there is nothing about him that speaks to a 73-year-old in terms of what people would think. Right. He is the most youthful, vital, um, his mind is so sharp. He's preaching with a depth and a clarity and an authority that almost is, you know, exponential yeah. to even previous decades. Yeah. It is a whole nother level because he has nothing to prove and also nothing to lose. And now the amount of loss that he went through created this like, what else? I mean, yeah. you can't take anything else from me. So I'm going to yeah. say what I want. Yeah. I'm not trying to make sure it's all cute and perfect so that you play me on the radio like he's never thought that way but especially not now right so yeah it's, it's another level right and i just i didn't think he could go to another level right. but it is start to finish the life and ministry of dr tony evans is a podcast powered by the north american mission board you can get in touch with us at resources at nam.net that's resources at namb.net if this podcast is helpful to you And I really hope that it was. It would be helpful to us if you'd leave a five-star review 
on whatever platform you're listening to and share it with all your friends. Start to Finish is made possible by the cooperation of the Urban Alternative, Dr. Tony Evans, and the Evans family. Our show is written by Neil Hoppy and produced by Kevin Spratt. Editing by Jeremy Spencer. Our sound engineers are Eric Chapman and Aaron Leslie. Our music is by J. Adam Wesley. Trevin Wax is our executive producer. See you next time.